Welcome to Taking Back Birth, a podcast for women who know the truth about birth and those who want to explore the path of radical birth love. I'm your host, Marin Green. Taking Back Birth celebrates the power you have to make decisions in alignment with your own truth. Decisions not subject to anyone else's authority. Decisions that create experiences that will change your life. Taking Back Birth is a production of the Indie Birth Private Contract Association and IndieBirth.org. No material on this podcast should be considered medical advice. Birth is not a medical event. Happy Sunday. Welcome to the first podcast here in December. I kind of cannot believe it's December. Sounds so cliche, but where has the time gone? Where has the year gone? Making it even weirder, of course, being in a place where it's not cold, hearing Christmas carols and seeing Christmas decorations while it's hot outside and you may be in a bikini is really a trip. But I'll take it, although it's sort of a strange experience. So welcome December and so curious, the lessons and all of the things that will close out this 2023, right, before we head into 2024 in just a couple of weeks, which is also crazy. Short intro today, uh, just got back from the beach and kind of an odd time of day here. So it won't be long before I'm interrupted. But that's okay. There's not too much to update on at the moment. I was on the big island this week. So that's the island of Hawaii, for those that don't know. And that was really just a great experience. Totally beautiful. Really honored to have been brought there by a friend here. And getting to spend time with my daughter was really, really nice. Um, So yeah, just yay for taking, let's see, what was it? uh, 30 hours, maybe 36 hours away from my house, from my kids, Uh, even though I love them. It was really, really nice to just have a break, have some girl time, have some different food, uh, just have a different schedule and keep the computer here. It was here shut for the two days, which again was really, really nice. I love that there are so many close by places to explore here. Of course, that did involve getting on an airplane Uh, which funny enough, I thought would be simpler, you know, going island to island, but it's really the same airplane shtick, no matter where you go, no matter for how long. But the trip made up for it. It was, uh, yeah, just really, really eye opening. It's always so refreshing to travel, I think, even to places that are close, just changes your perspective. It just gives you a new view of the world. And certainly, Uh, The Big Island is very, um, what's the word? There's lots of different looks. There's lots of different climates. And that was really cool. Reminded me of some places I've been. Uh, Actually reminded me of Arizona in a lot of ways. And yeah, it was just fun seeing the ocean from a different perspective. That was how I spent my week. And so I'm kind of, sort of, I guess, taking the week off from a new, a brand new podcast. But I really wanted to include this as a podcast, as you'll hear. Uh, as you'll hear, it was a full moon circle for this last month. And I did it sort of last minute. 
and that was fun in sort of a way. It reminds me of my music days to kind of like have to improvise or do something um, at the last minute. But it turned out really well, I thought, this uh, prenatal care and my principles, my three basic principles um, of prenatal care and just kind of blabbing about that. So if you have already seen the YouTube video, then this is pretty much the same thing. But I know that audios, podcasts in general reach different people. So if this is new to you, I hope you enjoy it. And if you do enjoy it, uh, these full moon circles are happening every month live with Margot and I, uh, usually both of us. This happens to just be me. But this is for your enjoyment. And I hope to see you at some of the pregnancy care circles in 2024. All right, take a listen and I'll catch you next week. Welcome. Welcome officially to the Indie Birth Full Moon Circle. If you're new here, we do these every month at the full moon. And the full moon is in Gemini for this one, which I think is always really fascinating. Um, So being about the mind, thinking about things, Uh, communicating. It seems like it always makes sense. So happy full moon. I do sometimes pull a card. I'm not going to do that today, but I thought we would all just take a couple of minutes, not even minutes, maybe one minute, one minute to get into our own bodies It's a really helpful thing to do when you're in a group, especially, and then a group online, I think compounds, uh, sort of the, what word do I want to use? Kind of like energetic confusion that can be a zoom call, right? You're like looking at everyone's faces and there's black screens and there's, you know, there's frozen photos. It's kind of like a whirlwind. So if it feels good to you, you can shut your eyes. If not, you don't have to. Um, You can also first just like make sure your room that you're in or wherever you are is feeling good for you for the moment. So this is just an hour. If you're able to shut the door or give yourself a little bit more space, go for it. If you can't, that's totally fine. And if you're choosing to close your eyes, great. If not, you can just maybe not look at the screen, maybe focus somewhere else. And just be quiet for a couple of seconds. You don't have to breathe a certain way, but you might notice how you are breathing. You might notice some more activated feelings. So energy that feels maybe a little excited or scattered or whatever word you would use. You might notice that in your body. I often do when I start these calls because I am excited and I never know like what's going to come out. So there's some degree of uh, the unknown here. 
but just noticing where you feel that in your body, if you do. So anywhere that feels like it needs a little bit of attention from you, whatever that means. And if you're able to just put your hand there. So for me, it's my chest. You can do what you do. And you're not looking to change whatever feeling is there. Just really feeling it, really noticing it. Like, what does it actually feel like in your body? How would you describe it? Does it have a color? Does it have a texture? Does it have an emotion? Does it have a story it wants to share? Really, you're just telling your body that it's okay to be. It's okay to be here in the skin you're in right now. It's okay to arrive in this moment, even though you have things on your mind, I'm sure, like I do, things from an hour ago, things for an hour from now. Just seeing if we can be present with what is. If it helps, put your feet on the floor, maybe your butts on the floor, even your feet on the floor. If you're sitting in a chair, just kind of push your feet into the floor. Reminding your body that you're here in this moment in the room that you're in. just witnessing if you feel the need to like stretch or move that's really normal it can be so we can do whatever just to move the energy in your body as your body is asking you to sometimes it's hard sitting in a chair right for these meetings but just giving your body that little bit of attention that maybe you haven't given yet today I know I haven't but it's early here Okay, well, you can rub your arms if you want, rub your legs. Again, just a final reminder, you're here. And you can open your eyes. Uh, noticing if it feels any different now when you look at people on the screen. I always feel different. I always feel like um, a clearer separation in a good way that I'm here and you're all in your spaces. And here we are together for this fun indie birth full moon circle talking about prenatal care. If you came in just now, uh, you can see, I think maybe that people have commented where they're from and what their interest is in prenatal care. So you can continue to share there if you'd like. And I'm just going to pretty much blab, which is how these go. Uh, for those of you that don't know me, I have 10 children. So I have done a lot of prenatal care in my own personal life, a lot. And those really have been my best teachers, my own pregnancies. And I think that's true for most women, honestly. Even if you're starting at the very, very beginning of 
this journey, maybe it's your first pregnancy, maybe you're just beginning as a doula or a midwife, whatever. Um, if you have the opportunity to live it in your own body and not everybody does, that's one of the best teachers. So thanks to my 10 children for providing me with most of what I know, but also all of the women I have served over the years from being a student apprentice midwife, you know, 19 years ago to working as a licensed midwife in Arizona for a couple of years, moving on to being more of like a radical autonomous midwife. And honestly, at this point in my career slash life, um, I'll always be a midwife, but I do see my role more as a spiritual birth guide, someone that has other skills and has midwifery skills. I still have midwifery skills. I can't like make those disappear. And I'm glad about that. Um, but I would, I would consider myself in the role of a spiritual birth guide for women in their pregnancies, in their births and in their postpartums. And I have witnessed a whole lot of pregnancies, as you can imagine, over 19 years. I have never counted up how many prenatals that could possibly be, but it's probably thousands, right? Because each woman typically, uh, if she comes at the beginning of care, might have 10 prenatals, right? So not everybody does, but on average, eight to 10, I would say. Uh, so I do, I have a lot of pregnancy care experience and I still am so fascinated by prenatal care and pregnancy. Like it's not something that has gotten tired or old for me um, in my work as a midwife. And I think that's because I'm always open to growing and learning from the women that I serve. And I have the experience of like having a flow to, to a pregnancy. Like I know what that looks like. I know what that feels like. I can offer that as a structure to women, even virtually, but every pregnant woman really has her own flow, her own experience. And I feel like my role has been to meet women where they are, to offer my experience, to offer my support, but that the pregnancy, her prenatal care is like an art project. I always, I always liken uh, midwifery to art of some kind. I was a musician before I was a midwife. So, you know, just like a great piece of music that was composed or a canvas um, that is her creation. Her pregnancy is her creation. And it's a serious creation, I think, because whatever happens in that canvas, um, I think definitely, like for sure, influences the birth and will for sure influence her mothering. But there is no one way that canvas looks, right? And I'm not there to tell her how to draw it or how to paint it, but just kind of witnessing it. Um, with attention, you know, as a midwife, again, can't take away that part of the brain. And I know there are some midwives here. Uh, our job is also to know when things are not normal. And that rarely comes up in, in pregnancy care. So there's so much to talk about. So much to talk about. Uh, one thing that's new, let's see, I have a new podcast as of today. And you can go find it on the podcast apps or wherever you listen to podcasts. 
but the podcast is about or with a first time mama that I served last year and I haven't listened to it. You know, I recorded it with her last week. Um, but I think it's really beautiful and, and was a really insightful peek into another woman's pregnancy, especially that of her first baby. So for those of you that are pregnant, you might enjoy listening to that. Her name is Kirsten. And like I said, it's the newest of the Indie Birth podcasts. Uh, Before I get into like some more content, I am thinking about and probably will uh, offer a pregnancy care circle coming next year. I realized how passionate I am about prenatal care. And I love the diversity of women here today because all of you would be welcome at this circle going forward um, that will be focused on pregnancy care because there's so much to talk about, right? From like specific tests and issues to more spiritual topics or emotional topics, supporting women. I think it will be a really fun offering to put together next year. Uh, So stay tuned for that. Although um, I will post a link at the end for an application for that. It's going to be just a by donation circle, but I do have an application I'm going to ask people to fill out just so that we, you know, get, get aligned people there in that circle. But I'm looking forward to offering that next year. And it'll be similar to this, like a topic per month that's focused only on prenatal care or pregnancy care. And like I said, the list is so long of things we could focus on. So today we don't have a particular focus, you know, like nutrition or anything like that. Um, This is a more general chat just about how I approach it. And if there are questions as I go, feel free to type them in the chat and I will incorporate them as I can. Hmm. So where to start? The most important thing that always comes to my mind when I want to talk about prenatal care is that prenatal care is largely something a woman does for herself. And I want to clarify what I mean. I mean that the responsibility of caring for her body and her baby and her psyche and all of it falls on her. I mean, in some ways that's so obvious, it's funny we have to say it because who else could possibly care more than she does, right? If you're pregnant, who cares more than you do? No one, no one, not even your partner. I mean, I'm sure he or she does, but not as much as you do because this is happening in your body. And if you're a midwife or a doula, We love to support women. We love to see this literal and metaphorical growth through pregnancy. But again, we can't care more than that woman. So as a midwife, that certainly has come up over the years, Um, even with women that let's say maybe aren't eating, eating as well as they could or should, right? There's something there and I can provide tons of information and support. 
and introspection, like have a container for her to hopefully feel safe in to navigate some of the inner issues of pregnancy, like the internal issues, because even something like nutrition and pregnancy care, um, isn't really external. There's a lot of external information. Oh, you should eat this. You shouldn't eat that. You should get this many calories. But at the end of the day, the desire to take care of yourself comes from within. So again, I think that's the role of a support person often is to reflect that back to a woman, but you can't force a woman to put food in her mouth. It's a really easy way of saying it. So the bulk of the prenatal care will be done by her in her own body. It's just that simple. And I don't think anyone here is going to argue with me on that. I'm sure you're all pretty resonant with that, but let's for a minute, just compare it to a more like Western medical perspective where prenatal care is something that you go to do in someone else's office because that is the paradigm. So let's remind ourselves that that's where most women are at. They think prenatal care is getting in their car, driving to an office and having someone else tell them that they're okay or not okay. And that's prenatal care. So it is a really radical idea to share that with a pregnant woman, that she is the one that will do the care. And, you know, I'm not, I didn't invent that. I'm not the first one to say that midwives know that. And we know that even if we're being very attentive midwives, we only really have like a short time here and there to connect with a woman, like in a prenatal appointment, right? Even if we do two hour appointments, which is pretty much what I have always done. Um, that's great. I love connecting in that way. But again, uh, <laughs> what about all the other hours in that week, right? So we're just putting it in perspective here. And if you're pregnant, even if you're not pregnant, that's something you can feel in your body if you take the time that like, wow, my pregnancy is about how I choose to move through this experience. The disclaimer is as always, you know, people that have ex more extremist views, I don't consider myself an extremist at all. Um, but people that are like, oh, well, you don't need anything like pregnancy is just, you know, you just grow a baby, just go about your life. And you know, it's not an illness. And that's not incorrect. Of course, it's not an illness. But to say a woman doesn't need anything from anybody ever, or even from her own self would be foolish. So this idea of like complete separation from the world around her, this like wild pregnancy, sure, go for it. Um, but if it prevents you from listening to within, if it prevents you from seeking out the support of a wise woman to be with you, then ultimately, um, you know, you have to ask yourself, is that really what you want? And is that really serving you? In most of my pregnancies, I didn't do anything. I didn't have ultrasounds. I don't think I so much as took a blood pressure 
in most of them, because I know my body, I, I knew that wasn't an issue for me. I knew, I knew how I felt in my body. Right. So you're no different if you're pregnant. Um, there are things to know. And then there are times I think that we want to be supported. We want to be witnessed. It's not a weakness. It's not a weakness to want to be witnessed in your pregnancy. It doesn't mean someone's controlling you unless you allow that, unless you want that. So I do think, you know, those are kind of the extreme ends. What is a pregnancy that is something someone's truly responsible for? How does that look when they still need or want support? And that's what I'm most interested in because that's what I do every day is try to figure that out and try to provide that support in a way that feels really good for me and hopefully for the women I serve that they don't feel like I'm any kind of authority over them, um, but that I do have experience that I'm willing to share and that it all comes back to them at the end of the day. It all comes back to them, every choice. So to give this some focus, because admittedly, I was putting this together at very much the last minute here today. Uh, I thought I would share just like three really broad principles I have about pregnancy care. These are really broad and we could talk about each of them for hours, which is probably how this uh, prenatal care circle will happen in the new year because we'll have time to do that. We'll have, you know, an hour to talk about, like I said, ultrasound. We'll have an hour to talk about, um, whatever it is. So three principles of pregnancy care from my perspective. The first is autonomy. Autonomy is such a cool word. It's such a big word. I feel like it's, you know, both over and underused in a lot of ways. Uh, indie birth, uh, indie birth has been around for close to 15 years. If you didn't know that, and the definition of indie birth 15 years ago is the same as it is today, which essentially is a birth experience that arises from decisions made in autonomy, um, in sovereignty. So if you didn't know that indie birth isn't about home birth, it's not about free birth, it's not about any kind of birth. It's about you, the woman, um, making choices from a place of autonomy, wherever the woman is with that, because that she can control, right? We don't ultimately control birth. So to say we're only, we can only do it one way. We can only have a home birth. Um, yeah, I love home birth, but autonomy is something that happens in here and then gets reflected in how our world looks to us externally. Does that make sense? Autonomy isn't here. So what is autonomy? I feel like I should look up uh, a definition here and see what the dictionary says. And then I'll add my two cents. So autonomy, uh, self-government or the right of self-government, self-determination the condition or quality of being autonomous, independence. So this is where indie birth came from, independence, right? You're getting it now. This is really old history, old indie birth history here. 
Uh, random, random link here. It says in psychology, autonomy is viewed as a fundamental human need. It is essential to individual well-being, motivation, and psychological health. Um, let's see, here's another one. Autonomy based on a conscious scientific understanding of morality is a respect for self-discipline and a devotion to others that leads us to freely choose what we see as necessary. Interesting. That's like really, that, that would be one to unpack at some other time. Uh, but essentially, independence, self-determination. And that is easier said than done for all of us, right? Autonomy can sound like such a grand and powerful word. But the truth is, we're all on this sliding scale of how we interpret autonomy and what that means to us and our own bodies. So it's something to look into for yourself if you're a pregnant woman. And even if you're not, right, we're all humans here on this planet. Like uh, we're all as self-determined as we've chosen to be at this point, but I'm sure there are many points in your life, I know there still are in mine, where I don't access my full autonomy. That's a whole conversation for another day, but I'm just kind of posing it right now. That autonomy is all of those things and it's a feeling inside and we get to follow that. So if you're pregnant, it's like, what does that mean to me? How responsible do I think I am? How responsible do I feel myself to be in my body for my pregnancy? And that's a lot. That's a lot because we've been taught as a culture, you know, not our little microcosm here, although I was taught this, um, we're taught that the medical world knows better. They can save us. So most women are entering into a pregnancy with that even subconscious belief in their bodies, not just their brains, it's in their bodies. Someone will save me from this things get hard if I, you know, whatever it is. Um, and, you know, uh, we all know people, I'm sure in our daily lives that have chosen the mainstream medical system. And it comes out really obviously, it's not something anyone in that world is trying to hide. It's like, oh, I'm going to the hospital because they'll make sure I'm okay. They'll make sure I live. They'll make sure my baby lives. Like how often have you heard that? Right. So that's low on the scale of autonomy. Um, it doesn't mean it, that person has none. Maybe they are accessing that in different ways in different parts of their lives. But again, it is a scale. So where do you fall on the scale? And there is no right answer. You can't make yourself feel more autonomous than you are. And, you know, uh, that's just the way it is. Not that there isn't work to do for all of us. So if you're someone and you're in your pregnancy and you're like, I believe, you know, birth is natural and beautiful, but, um, everybody in my family is a medical professional. Um, but I was born by C-section, by the way, this is the podcast I just recorded that I have out today for you to listen to. That was Kirsten's story. She came from a very medicalized family and she had to not just shift the beliefs in her brain but she had to shift her internal landscape 
to reflect the new beliefs that she wanted to hold for this baby in this pregnancy. So again, it gets complicated, but just saying that autonomy is not just a mental concept. And until we engage in the body with where those things live, so fears might come up, um, all kinds of belief systems, like I just shared, those things are in us. If we can be with them, if we can transmute that, transform that, whatever, um, we're probably going to achieve more autonomy because, you know, the goal of, for all of us here on earth, I think is self-realization. That's why we're here. We're here in these human bodies and we're here to realize that we are not just powerful, but we are divine. So full autonomy would mean we're embracing our full divinity. Uh, in my perspective, you could come up with your own, you could come up with your own way of uh, feeling into that. But if you're in your full divinity, um, there's, you know, there's nothing to be scared of, there's nothing to do wrong. And so women that are more in their autonomy, their feeling of their sense of self are going to know what's right for them. It's not that all of those women have perfect births. Don't think that. It's not that those are all just, you know, unicorn experiences and all those babies fall out. Um, it doesn't mean that it's just that that woman is self-directed and if her body, her baby spirit, God, whoever communicating with her, she's going to follow that and listen. And I do think that is, you know, a worthy place to move our collective that more women are connected in the ways they need to be so that they can fully embrace themselves and their own decision-making. Any thoughts or questions or comments about autonomy? Women who are aware of where they fall on the scale of autonomy um, also can make more aligned choices with the people that they choose to support them. So if you know what you want and you know who's in charge ultimately of your pregnancy, then you can seek out support that matches with that. And so often women don't do that. They're not aligned. Uh, if I had a dollar for every email we get every week. That's like, oh, I'm looking for a midwife here or there because, you know, I'm not aligned with the one I have or, or something like that. And there's nothing wrong with like not being aligned and figuring it out. I mean, I didn't switch to having a home birth for the first time uh, with my second baby until I was like 36 weeks pregnant. So I have never judged anybody for even getting to the last minute of their pregnancy and saying, whoa, um, this is not what I want. Let me, let me do an about face here. Great. It doesn't matter. As long as you haven't had the baby, you have time to switch and, you know, to make the choices you want. So it's not always pretty and organized, but ideally if women are more aware in the beginning of a pregnancy um, and they're thinking about things like, well, what do I want and who's in charge? And, you know, if I have a midwife there, for example, 
what do I think her role is, you know, and being honest with yourself about that is her role to uh, facilitate the birth is her role to make birth easier for me is her role just to witness like, what do I want someone there for? And becoming more clear with those questions. Um, trying to mute people here. Yeah, becoming more clear will allow women to choose, hopefully, a more aligned support, whoever that is. Maybe it's a doula, maybe it's a midwife, right? And we have been teaching a free indie birth workshop for years and years. I have not taught it yet here on Oahu. Maybe I will in the next year to come. But that free workshop that I've taught in many communities, and Margot has as well, uh, has this little chat of autonomy in there because we talk about how do you choose the right midwife for you? You know, we get into the nitty gritty of licensed midwives and unlicensed midwives. And there are things to be said about those choices. But again, if it all comes back to the woman, she just has to figure out what she wants and then it will be pretty easy. Um, you know, if you don't want to, let's say, for example, uh, let's say the licensed midwives in your community, because it's different everywhere, um, maybe they are required to order ultrasound, right? They're required to order blood work. If you don't want that and you understand kind of the ins and outs of how you're going to take care of yourself without those things, which of course is possible, uh, then, you know, you might not even look in that direction. And it could be true the other way too. Um, maybe you're somebody that needs more of a structure around your pregnancy and you want those things. Well, then you know where to look if you understand where you want. All right. Uh, let's see. We covered autonomy, I think, to a pretty good degree. I also have a, um, a podcast somewhere. So you can always check the Indie Birth archives for old podcasts or just Google it, you know, Indie Birth Podcast Autonomy. And there is one out there, a full hour, full hour or more, me talking about autonomy. So again, they're just some thoughts to put into your consciousness and to help you on your journey. Okay, uh, I guess lastly, the choices in pregnancy are also part of the autonomy discussion. So again, these are topics we'll probably cover in this monthly circle together around pregnancy care is too much for today. But aside from choosing a person to walk with you, if you should choose that, uh, there's also the choice of testing in pregnancy. There's all kinds of things to wade through there. And at the end of it, I mean, I do think it comes back to autonomy, but there's certainly many, many discussions in there, right? As far as like, well, what is that test for? And why would I want it? And that kind of thing. Rather than, again, this black and white perspective of like, oh, I'm not doing any testing during my pregnancy. I mean, that's fine too, but I like to personally know what I'm refusing as well. So I, I would want to know. And I think a lot of the women I've worked with over the years do too. They don't end up choosing testing really, but every now and then um, they're interested in learning, which I think is really cool, right? So what's the gestational diabetes test? Why would I want that? Let's talk about it rather than like, oh, all tests are bad because that's certainly not true. And the testing 
um, even when someone doesn't choose it, can really teach them a lot about themselves and their own beliefs. And again, this this concept of autonomy. Uh, To be fully autonomous, in my definition, would mean that you're also as fully aware of the options as you could be. Right? We all have blind spots, so there's that. But um, it may not... It may not be that we always just, you know, turn away from everything. It could be though. It could be for different people. Some people just have a different way of looking at things and they know what they're aligned with uh, internally. And I think that's beautiful if you have that compass to follow. Okay. So the second principle of pregnancy care from my perspective is embodiment. What does that mean? Embodiment, uh, the act of being in a body and having that be like a huge piece of this pie in a general sense, because I'm only talking about three today. Uh, But if we're only talking about three, you know, that's a third of the pie talking about being in a body and how that relates to pregnancy. And again, they all weave into each other. So I think that also comes back to choice making and embod- um, and autonomy. So embodiment is being in a body. If you're in a pregnant woman's body, that is a whole different thing to get used to. Most women in general, pregnant or not, uh, are not really in their bodies. It is not something we are taught really from the time we're young children. Think about it. Uh, Most of us were in school, right? Or in some kind of really regimented way of growing up. So even just being in school, uh, you're taught to sit down, you must sit for X number of hours, you must ask permission to get up, you must ask permission to use the bathroom, you must eat at a certain time. There are a whole lot of ways that are just accepted in our world, where we are taught, and I would say it's purposeful, taught purposely to disconnect from what we're feeling inside. That's what I think. I think the more kids and, you know, they develop into adults, the more we are taught to disconnect from what's inside, the more we are able to be controlled. And that is useful in many ways to other people. So I believe that the work of pregnancy is to become embodied if you're not already. And even if you are to have that be a focus And, you know, again, these would be topics for hours together next year, Um, topics on embodiment. What does that mean? How do we support women in that? How do we work with our own bodies and our own space? We did that little exercise upon coming in together. And even something like that is really simple and valuable to just take time here and there to ask yourself, ask your body what it needs, 
right? So does it need a drink? Does it need to go to the bathroom? Those are really obvious things. Although you'd be really surprised maybe that some people are completely disconnected from that. It's true. And you might be one of them and that's okay. Um, there are people that are like, I don't even know. I don't even know if I'm hungry. I can't even tell anymore. Um, I'm, you know, I'm so tired that I'm beyond tired. Like I don't even, I can't read my body. So it's a huge, important topic. And the more I learn and the more I do these practices for my own body, my own self, um, I can see how needed it is in the women I work with. Uh, that over the years, I've seen now firsthand that someone in their body and, and being with them with whatever that is. And again, there's so much trauma as well. So we're just kind of talking generally here, but a lot of women have experienced sexual trauma, for example, medical trauma, all of that lives in the body. So if you're working with a pregnant woman that has experienced those things or just normal life, there are probably things in there to be with. Uh, and you can't force someone to do that. Not saying that, but as those topics come forward in discussion, then we know how to be with them in a way that isn't just talking is talking is actually not the most valuable thing. <laughs> it is not the most valuable thing in a pregnancy where uh, the felt sensation, right? The baby moving all the things that she can feel um, contain all of the information really that she needs to have to be in that pregnancy. And just telling a story often doesn't get you anywhere, right? How many, how many of us know that? Not that telling your story is unimportant. Uh, I am going to do a birth trauma circle as well, starting in the new year, but it won't be a storytelling circle for that reason. Um, there is a place to tell your story. That is an important part of being human and communicating through story. But there's also a different way of being seen and held again in this embodiment perspective um, that is not story, that is not verbal. Sometimes when people do that, uh, let's say they want to retell their whole birth story to you, you can learn a lot that way, how they move their bodies, the kind of movements they're making, uh, but it also can be really re-traumatizing for them as well without realizing it, they're kind of like reliving it all again. So that's the question with embodiment in pregnancy is, you know, if you're in your own pregnant body, how can you meet that? Uh, how can you learn your limits? You don't want to get overwhelmed with traumatic memories or trauma in the body. Um, if you're supporting that as a doula or a midwife, you know, how can you use your tools wisely? Uh, you can't do the work for someone, but I think it's, um, just such a valuable perspective. And like I said, I'm learning more all of the time. So I'm happy to share as the months and years go on that that's where I think the healing happens. I don't think it's um, in as much of the counseling and even talk therapy that I have, you know, held space for over the years. So if you're pregnant, that's just a really easy way of saying, take some time each day and just feel what you're feeling. There's no magical formula. Uh, you'll get better at it. And the hardest part perhaps is not to try to change it. 
And that goes for all of us. So if we can sit with how we're feeling about something or in that moment, that's the medicine to sit with it. The medicine is not in trying to push it away. And I think all kinds of pregnancy complaints and discomforts probably come back to some degree of this, uh, something being held in the body that wants attention. And even as midwives, sometimes we get really good at wanting to push it away. Oh, you have heartburn. Here's a solution. Oh, you have a backache. Here's a solution. When again, we're talking about prenatal care today. Um, I don't think that's prenatal care sort of to the best of its usage. I think that's prescriptive recommending. And sometimes we do that. Sometimes that feels appropriate, but again, same if you're pregnant, um, if you have heartburn, it's easy to just Google solutions to that. But I think real radical taking care of yourself is going somewhere else with this discussion and going somewhere else with where we're looking for answers. And the real gold of this is that that woman, so that woman with the heartburn, let's just take her, uh, if she's able to be supported in an embodiment of this heartburn experience, let's say, she will be that much more connected and that much more wise to mother her baby. That is always my, that is always the biggest view here is that prenatal care makes the mother that she is meant to be for this baby. So does the birth, but the, but the pregnancy is longer. And I guess that's why I could talk about prenatal care all day, because I don't think it's just about being pregnant. I think it's about preparing this woman to be the mother to this baby. And I don't care if it's her 10th baby or her first baby, she's still preparing in a different way to be the mother to this baby. So that's number two, embodiment. Um, any comments or questions are welcome. Yeah, and I'm going to read this comment because this will be um, probably put out as a podcast or something that we won't be able to read comments. So this is such an important discussion. I am in the process of healing from my last birth as I draw near to my next I truly want to just accept and embrace my last experience of what it was and allow my next birth to be its own beautiful thing. It's so much easier for me to teach this type of thing to my doula clients than it is for me to practice on myself. Yep, totally. And that's again, why I think our own pregnancies and our own births can teach us the, <clears throat> the most, right? Because it's so much easier to witness someone else's experience. Uh, we all have blind spots, as I said. So I think that is the usefulness and beauty of a midwife that to me is part of our role is that we can help someone see the blind spots that they weren't meant to see on their own. Just like, you know, I'm not going to see mine on my own. And that's why, you know, it's definitely easier to support someone because you can look at their life in a different way and you can kind of like see the pieces, you know, that you think kind of go together you may or may not be right. That's not the point, but you can see it in a different way than the woman herself. Okay, uh, third and final for today, principle of pregnancy care from my perspective is support. I do think that is a crucial part of a vibrant self-directed, autonomous, fill in the blank pregnancy. I don't 
believe that we were meant to exist as humans without connection. I know we weren't. I mean, that's a fact of being a mammal. I'm not making this up. It's not even because we're women necessarily. Mammals are meant to be in relationship with other mammals. So again, I think we're, we're at a time in history where there is again, this like black and white perspective, like you don't need anyone, you don't need anything. Um, I think a lot of that is based on trauma. A lot of that is not embodiment. That is pure dissociation. Not for everyone. I always have to say this. Maybe that wasn't you. That's great. But as a whole, this idea of like, I am an independent woman, birth happens on its own, I don't need anybody, is dissociative. And it's probably because there has been so much trauma. Many women have experienced really devastating med medical trauma, right? Births, all kinds of stuff, sexual trauma, like I said. So I don't buy it. I don't buy it. If you really want to be alone, and that's the best thing for you, and you know that in your body, um, that's your business. But because, you know, I have this, uh, advantage of speaking to the collective on any given day, I'm going to say it. I think women need other women and how that looks for you is up to you, but support in pregnancy is so valuable. Um, I think of my own pregnancies and to be perfectly honest, I wish I had taken advantage of more support. I think I thought because I was a midwife that I didn't need it. And I did it in certain ways, like I shared, right? I didn't need someone to take my blood pressure. I didn't need somebody to do any of that. But when I look back, I wish I had maybe invited, you know, more women in or, or special women in just to have more of that feeling of being witnessed. And of course, as a midwife, I see it all the time. Uh, the women I work with generally are not women that are needy, <laughs> right? Like they've had babies before, maybe they've had home births. Um, they're not looking for someone to tell them what to do, right? They're not, I mean, they probably don't even care if I make it to the birth. Like that's not why I'm there. But they are women that are consciously seeking out again, being supported and being witnessed. And it's amazing when that's presented to a woman, how she will shift. So again, sometimes I meet with women who are like, oh, well, you know, I do want a midwife, but kind of like, not really. Like, I just want someone there just in case. And this can be a woman that's maybe had four or five babies already. And I'll always kind of introduce this uh, perspective, right? that what if you as the pregnant woman, what if you had time to just like sit and be uh, with another woman that wanted to support you? Like what if you were given a couple of hours, right? Every month where your kids were taken care of and you made this time for this pregnancy, right? It's not about me. They're not making time for me. They're making time for them in the pregnancy that they're in. So again, this is where I say, it doesn't matter if you've had 10 babies, or you're on your first, every woman could use that. And again, that's what I wish in hindsight, um, I had 
taken advantage of more because I certainly had things on my mind and I certainly had things on my heart and I had fears and I had things and, you know, it's no one's fault. It all worked out the way it was supposed to. Uh, but I can, I can like palpably feel how allowing myself to have shared that with some more very specific people would have benefited me. So again, it doesn't have to look the same for everybody. This doesn't mean you have to run out and hire someone that you don't align with, but it is about getting really specific if you're pregnant as to what you want in this pregnancy and what that support feels like. So again, if it feels uh, controlling, if it feels unequal in power, like you're the, you're the powerless one in your own pregnancy, then that's really important to follow. And, you know, kind of refers back to the embodiment principle. How are you feeling that? Where are you feeling that? What does that remind you of? And when someone moves through that, then sometimes they'll just kind of wake up and be like, oh, that isn't working. You know, it's not a mental choice. It's not like, oh, um, I'm going to fire this midwife because blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, the body says we're past that. We're ready for something else now. And we can invite in the support we want. So I love how these three principles really weave together so beautifully. And I'm sure there are more, but those were my three that I came up with kind of on the fly today to talk to you about. And I think that's a great place to end for today. I think I've probably given you some things to think about, some things to focus on. And like I said, um, I will post this link here. Uh, it's an application for a pregnancy care circle I'm going to start next year. And this is open to anyone, anyone that cares for pregnant women, anyone that is pregnant, uh, you know, anybody really. Let's see if I can make it work here though. And it will be a donation-based circle but it won't be much and you'll just pop in if you want to. So maybe the topic will be again, uh, I'm just making it up like gestational diabetes. You'll see the topic for the month. If you want to do it, if you want to come and hang out, then you'll donate and you'll show up. That's really what I'm thinking. It's not going to be complicated or expensive or crazy, but I think it will give, um, a longer container for this conversation, because as you can tell, I could talk about this all day and an hour is just really not very much. Uh, so yeah, that will be a great um, new offering that is put out there next year. So stay tuned for that. If you'd like to fill out the job form now, go for it. If you wanna pass it around to people, go for it. I'll eventually get to looking at those soon. And like I said, um, I'm just making sure that the people that want to attend are aligned. And I think that's for all of our benefits. So before we go, uh, just kind of like grounding in one more time in your body. Yeah, I see people stretching. That's like exactly what I mean. Just like see what your body's needing. That has a whole lot to take in a whole lot of good stuff and intense stuff, um, especially if you're pregnant, you know, that might be a lot to feel. So take some time for yourself, uh, maybe make some notes, you know, and, and give yourself a little bit of uh, 
structure on the paper if you need it. That's our Gemini influence today with the full moon. And I thank you for being here. I will look forward to uh, maybe seeing more of you in the new year for this pregnancy care circle. But even so, we'll still continue our once a month full moon circles with Margot. So we will we will be back next month regardless. Um, uh, the pregnancy care circle will be for next year. And I wish you all a beautiful full moon.